0: Welcome to the Tech for Good podcast. We are very passionate about two things, technology and our world. In each pod, we will be interviewing some fascinating people, business leaders, but those with a special interest in solving the biggest issues facing humanity today. Think the environment. Think healthcare provision during a pandemic. Think global social injustice. If you want to know more about technology's immense potential to fix and transform, then you're in the right place. In this episode, I speak to Piotr Ozhachowski. Piotr is co founder and CEO of Infomedica, an organization which uses AI to speed up medical diagnoses and triage systems. Infomedica has a mission to act for global public health and demonstrated this by building a COVID-19 symptom tracker in just three weeks at the peak of the pandemic. In the interview, Piotr discusses that achievement, the role of AI in healthcare, and the link between video games and Infomedica's product. But first, I ask him to summarize his company's purpose.
1: Thanks for having me, Ben. A real pleasure. So our mission is to uh, use technology to guide patients and doctors uh, in making the right healthcare decisions. Uh, We have a couple of apps that support both patients and providers, but uh, overall our mission is to improve uh, the access to healthcare, making it it more affordable and convenient for everybody. Uh, The company was founded in 2012 out of Poland, but we now grew globally. We've got 170 people on board. Uh, It's a team of medical doctors, data scientists, uh, business executives. We're all passionate about uh, improving healthcare with AI. Uh, We work with B2B partners. We currently have over 90 clients, including uh, names such as Microsoft, Allianz, Cigna, so some of the insurance companies here. Uh, One of the primary products that we offer right now is for patient triage. So when you feel sick, when you have some symptoms or maybe your kids have symptoms instead of going online and doing doctor or Google thing, <laughs> uh, you can simply use Informatica. You can enter your symptoms, add some information about demographics, about your risk factors and so on. And what happens next is that our AI will ask you follow-up questions. And after 10 to 20 questions, we will recommend you what would be the best next thing to do
0: for you. Great stuff, Piotr, and rest assured, I'm, I've certainly paid a visit to Dr. Google a number of times before. Um, healthcare and AI, Piotr, is such an exciting topic, obviously, when you think about the impact it could have. First of all, though, can you can you maybe describe what problems you think your solutions are solving in the healthcare industry?
1: By 2030, if you look at WHO, uh, up to 5 billion people won't have access to even basic healthcare. And I think this is really scary. And this is not just a problem for developing countries that includes over 10% of US population that is uninsured. Uh, You can think that uh, we're lucky because we live maybe in Europe where access to healthcare is better, but still the wait time to see your GP grows. Currently it's six days uh, in Europe, I think about nine days in the UK. Uh, We are having severe shortage of physicians that's just going to get worse over time. By 2030, 10 million of doctors, midwives, and nurses will be short of. So what does it mean for a patient? It means that if you can't see a physician, you can do two things. You can either go to emergency room uh, at greater expense and blocking probably this capacity for a patient who really needs it. And if you just have a a sore throat or maybe migraine, you checked on Dr. Google and you freaked out, That's not the best thing to do, right? Another option is that you can go untreated. Uh, And maybe uh, something that started as a $10 problem will become a $100 problem or $1,000 problem if you can't treat it in time. So what we uh, are solving here is the problem of making the right decision uh, and increasing the access to primary care services. Because if you can keep patients out of emergency room, and just keep it for patients who really need that, and at the same time guide patients more towards self-care and teleconsultation. This is how Informatica helps. And on the second hand, it's also about helping physicians, because if you can equip a doctor with a pre-visit note, and like for example, hey, this is Peter coming to you with sore throat. Most likely, it's cold. Nothing serious. Um, you can save a little bit of time uh, in filling up the the documentation, electronic documentation, which of course is mandatory for for doctors. Uh, And given this shortage of physician, there is also a lot of burnout because they simply don't keep up with the demand. Um, And for for out of 10 doctors, actually in the US there were studies recently uh, in primary care, uh, they claim that they, fe- they feel burned out and they consider changing the job. I think this is really scary. So what we do is by guiding patients to the right place, we want to solve this problem of accessibility and at the same time use AI to support doctors in some mundane tasks, for example, pre-visit documentation,
0: I really. Um, fascinating insight there, Piotr. Now I'm going to dig a bit more into, into the detail of it in a minute. But first of all, I want you to give the listener a bit of an, an overview of your own background, and it's a really interesting background, isn't it? Because you started out in gaming. Maybe tell the listener how you how you went from being involved in, in video gaming to entering this healthcare and AI space.
1: Of course. Actually, it all began by playing a game, but starting from the beginning, uh... I've got a background in software engineering, but I started programming when I was seven. Uh, My dad is a scientist. Uh, He would bring computers to home and this is how I would pick up coding. Uh, I was always passionate about building your own worlds, uh, games, rules. Uh, So building mobile games was something that I got really into. And actually even before college, I was already a professional game developer. Uh, At that time, these were like old Java games. I think this technology no longer exists, Uh, but we created like a bunch of maybe 20 different games. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, And uh, so this is point number one. The point number two is that at college, um, I specialized in uh, uh, software engineering and AI. And one of the topics that uh, I got really interested in was clinical decision support. So the design of expert system and different tools for supporting doctor's decisions. And back in 2012, uh, I came across an online version of 20 questions. You know this game, you think about somebody famous and there is an algorithm that thinks about the questions to ask next, and then comes up with the uh, person you were thinking of. So I came across a game um, online uh, and I was playing it with uh, one of my friends who's actually a medical doctor. And this game was really smart. Whoever we thought of uh, the game would always guess the right person. So we asked ourselves, hey, this is actually a very interesting concept. Can we apply this 20 questions game idea into something useful for people? How about symptoms? How about changing famous people to possible conditions? Uh, so, this is how this idea sparked. Um, and based on this concept of 20 questions game, we decided to start working on an algorithm which will continue improving over time, both in terms of the number of conditions and diagnoses you can identify and questions that you want to ask. Uh, so, we teamed up with, uh, at that time, our early scientific co founder who was uh, actually at uh, doing PhD at the University of Pittsburgh. uh, And he worked at the laboratory, which specialized in probabilistic models for uh, for decision support. Uh, They had a number of different assignments. For example, they worked for the U.S. Army. They've built uh, diagnostic tools for tanks, for trains, for heavy machinery, uh, for aircraft. Uh, Sometimes when you're at the airport, you see this thick cable hanging from the nose of the aircraft. So what happens here is that they're downloading diagnostic information, which is then processed by a model to compute likelihoods of failures that can happen to the aircraft. And that's how they prioritize what to fix and what to review. Um, and thanks to this know-how and, of course, know-how of the friend of mine who is a medical doctor, we've built our initial prototype And that's how it all
0: started. Hi, I'm Daniel Brigham, editor of the Tech for Good magazine. I hope you're enjoying this pod. And if you want more, why not head over to techforgood.net for some amazing and thought-provoking stories. You can read about one company's mission to use digital technologies in the fight against HIV, or learn how social media can help refugees take control of their narratives. For those insights and more, Read and subscribe at techforgood.net. Now, Piotr, to bring it back to Infomedica, um, it says on your website that the company has it wants to act for global public health. Now, that that's a, a, a very grand mission, but one we're definitely interested in being the Tech for Good podcast. Talk to me a bit about that. What do you mean by that? Of course.
1: Of uh... course as mentioned already uh, our biggest goal is to make healthcare more accessible more convenient and affordable for everybody Uh, public health global public health means to me that everybody has access to the right information at the right time ideally if this information comes from a doctor that's great but in reality not everybody is so lucky that you have access to doctors so this is what we do we build ai driven software to automate elements of primary care wherever possible so when patients have no access to healthcare at all or some sort of limited access or they do have access but they're still confused they can use us they can use informatica wherever they are uh, often for free uh, because we also have a b2c version of our work a showcase app called symptomate it's free for everybody it will remain free Uh, that's our mission of course, the commercial part of our work is about working with healthcare organizations and white white labeling what we do. Uh, but uh, those two uh, areas help us develop and uh, realize
0: our mission of providing health information to everybody. And over the last eighteen months, of course, um, Piotr, we've we've been dealing with with the pandemic, and we've seen a lot of companies, not just healthcare companies, but tech companies. Come together and 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 achieve things that we didn't think was possible. Um, tell us about the the work that Infomedica did around the symptom tracker that you built. That was a really interesting story.
1: So when pandemic started, uh, of course everybody was really concerned and stressed and scared. And everywhere we looked, we saw doctors in emergency room. We sh- we saw people in ambulance, uh, medical paramedics. Uh, everybody doing everything they can and we were still there a cozy health IT company we didn't feel good about it and we asked ourselves hey is there anything we can do to help as a health IT company right now Uh, so we decided we have to act real quick and actually the only thing we know well is building clinical decision support systems so it wasn't difficult to figure Uh, we decided that okay let's bring all hands on board and let's try and use what we've built with what we've been building since 2012 to design a covid 19 symptom tracker uh, for everybody out there again going back to our mission and that's what we did uh, so the whole company was set on pause uh, if i can say that this way we stopped all other projects and and just focused fully on using our technology for this single project, which was COVID-19 Tracker. Uh, We used some existing guidelines like WHO and CDC that made our work much easier because uh, that was the foundation for our medical rules and medical uh, guidance. And the results were quite astonishing. So once we released the tool, it was completely for free uh, for every organization, for every government, for every patient. Uh, Just in a couple of months, we had over 1.5 million patients who have used the tool and it was, it has been implemented by over 450 different organizations, including some governments. Uh, It was endorsed by a a government of Poland here, government of Ukraine, Ministry of Health. So very successful project. that absolutely we did not use for any commercial purposes. That was our response on how we wanted to contribute to tackling pandemic. Uh, and I think it was a great thing for our team as well, because everybody, even though we work in it industry, we felt that we added our tiny, tiny brick to helping some people decide what to do when they were afraid of COVID.
0: Yeah. And, Listening to that, you, you must be really proud of what you achieved there and, and what you said there about your team, how they were so engaged in it as well. That that must have been a really um, fulfilling thing to be a part of.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's something that really uh, made our team feel proud. Uh, it united our team as well. So created even stronger bonds in this difficult time.
0: OK, Piotr, let, let's talk about artificial intelligence, AI. Um, Tell us how important ai you've mentioned it already you said it was part of when you were studying part of your your college course as well so this is obviously a subject very close to you as well tell us about um how important ai is to to, to your company and and what role you think artificial intelligence will play in a healthcare provision going forward and and how dominant you think it will be so we are an ai company so
1: it's there's a dominant role of artificial intelligence and the foundation of everything we build is heavily human curated AI system. Uh, How we use AI? Uh, We use it to mimic how doctors really think, how they ask questions, how they think about differential diagnosis. Just to give you some examples, uh, how we're doing that right now. Uh, We have a team of about 40 doctors um, that we hire. However, they don't treat patients. They treat AI and they feed the AI with information they find in literature, in publications, uh, in journals, and so on. Uh, Since 2012, we've spent over 55,000 hours of doctor's work feeding and curating a, a very large database, which we actually call Metabase. And Metabase is a foundation for reasoning algorithms that we build on top. There is a separate engine, a so-called engine and uh, data science team uh, that builds probabilistic models. So we can ask the right questions and we can replicate what doctors typically have in their minds in terms of weightening different diagnoses. And it's like a large statistical model. Uh, and without it, we would not be able to deliver products that we have today. And we would not be able to do it at the accuracy level that we currently have. What's also important, uh, this approach allows you to improve over time. So the more data you have, the more patient cases you analyze, the better it gets. To date, uh, we analyzed, we triaged over 10 million patients in the 19 language versions in over 30 countries. When it comes to um, future and going forward, obviously we will remain an AI company and there's just so uh, so much we have to do. Uh, and the roadmap is filled with AI features going forward. We want to expand beyond patient triage. Um, differential diagnosis is something we are already attempting, uh, but there is more uh, to work on, obviously. Uh, we want to expand into, um, also treatment recommendations. So in not only helping patients, but also develop, uh, developing elements of support for, uh, for
0: GPs and healthcare providers. And I'm guessing that when you think about that future, it is, it's very exciting because we, we know that AI systems will only get better as they're trained on more data and obviously the right data as well. That's very important for you. Where where do you think your current if you don't mind me asking your, your your current systems, how intelligent are they right now? To so where do you think they could get to? I mean, I guess it's almost a mm-hmm. unlimited potential, right?
1: That's a great question, Ben. Well, I, I would say we're currently, mm, and of course I don't want to compare to any profession because uh, we're not a replacement for any healthcare professional. Uh, but I think uh, when it comes to the range of diseases uh, we are aware of and our accuracy rate, I think we could work hand in hand, for example, with a, a triage nurse in a call center. Um, obviously, uh, this is our primary purpose to triage patients by now. And going forward, obviously, we do not want to uh, replace, uh, for example, a doctor in making diagnosis. This is a right reserved for doctors and uh, most uh, conditions uh, require physical examination so there are obviously certain limitations of what we could do online without without being able to touch and see a patient who says children can't change the world our teenage tech stories podcast showcases the extraordinary work of young entrepreneurs on their way to becoming tomorrow's tech leaders Listen now via the Tech for Good podcast stream, or by visiting techforgood.net.
0: Now, it's not all um, great, obviously, Piotr. There are there are many challenges that come with introducing AI into healthcare systems. Maybe talk a bit about that and why why we should exercise caution when when deploying these technologies in this context.
1: First of all, uh, I think. Implementing AI into healthcare is still a very new topic for many healthcare organizations. Uh, Everything uh, we do, if you look at the industry and our deployments, our early stage deployments, some of them you can also call pilots. So I uh, I really think that this understanding of what AI can bring still evolves. And we see many challenges at this stage, especially because the trust is yet to be built. COVID-19 tracker actually helped a lot because there was an immediate need and they always say that it served as a sort of a test flight for symptom checking apps uh, and once they tried for example COVID-19 tracker it's easier to you know conceptually expand to some other diseases so this is just a side comment but probably two things or three things that we hear most commonly from our clients and partners is, first of all, concern around data privacy. This is a big topic. Um, And obviously, um, you don't want AI to know uh, about you, your family more than needed. Uh, How we address this in particular is that we never ask for um, for any personal information. So all our products are fully anonymous. We don't know who you are. Uh, what we never ask for any email, any insurance number, so we just process the data points. But this is completely uh, not related to any person. Second thing that we come across is of course liability. What if AI is wrong? And this is a big thing. Obviously, there is certain regulation in place. For example, medical device regulation in EU or FDA in the United States. Uh, So we are class one medical device. Uh, We are uh, currently working on class two A certification in Europe. Um, And I think this is starting point. You must comply with all legal uh, regulations concerning your product. But secondly, it's also about, and we take full responsibility as a medical device manufacturer. So this is something I need to highlight. Uh, we take super, super uh, big care and diligence uh, about clinical validation. We have a separate team of doctors who check work of other doctors and every day they challenge the system, they run new cases and they see what's our rate of accuracy for both triage and differential diagnosis. We take take that really seriously. But probably most importantly, and this is going back to this medical device regulation, you must be very clear when it comes to intended use of your product. So we never say it's to make a diagnosis. Uh, It's not a qualified medical opinion. It's not a replacement for a physician, obviously. It's for information purposes only. Uh, And this is incredibly important to have disclaimer, to accept terms of service, uh, because if you don't communicate it clearly enough, you obviously could mislead a patient. However, happy to say that that has never happened in a history of, again, over 10 million patient cases. We never had a single complaint or any incident happening. Uh, And this is one of the areas where we need to typically discuss most when we talk to new clients. We give them a chance, obviously, to run their own clinical evaluation, uh, which they do. uh, And they come up with positive uh, uh, recommendation to move forward. But that's one of the topics that we always need to discuss. And uh, quickly, last thing, uh, it does not come out that often, but there is something I want to say is again about this fear of uh, AI replacing doctors in the future. I think it's not going to happen. Uh, it's not going to happen. Where we are headed is uh, empowering doctors to be more efficient, uh, to tackle burnout by removing some Mundane tasks that they don't want to do anyway. It's also about putting something in the front line to triage patients better, given the severe shortage of physicians. So, absolutely, there is no risk that AI will take over, for example, primary care. However, there are some areas where that might be more visible, like uh, radiology, diagnostic imaging. But then again, you still need a human decision. Uh, in those areas, though, uh problems that are only data driven like analyzing pixels and images are a good candidate for uh for really solid clinical decision support
0: it sounds like piotra you and your company have, have been really thorough with your thinking around this this what can I, I can imagine be quite a difficult subject so yeah really really great to hear about that on, on a final point piotra What other um, technologies do you think will sit alongside artificial intelligence in our healthcare systems of the future? Have you got any insights there for us?
1: I can do my guess, of course. I really believe uh, remote patient monitoring and medical devices, wearable devices, is something that we need to have in order to use the full potential of telehealth. So we already have wearables uh, and I think they will improve over time but think about different utilities you might find in your home from smart refrigerator to smart toilet, a smart weight, uh, maybe some air detection. Um, These all devices will be collecting data and they will be pulling it into a single platform. I hope where this AI will be able to make even better decisions than uh, than you can do right now, because everything will be quantified. into will be in the single place. I will, I will risk saying that once that happens, uh, you will know about yourself much more than your doctor does right now, because doctors don't have access to that much information right now. So medical devices is one uh, continuing to develop uh, telehealth services. Um, we know that we cannot treat everything remotely but many uh, self-care problems, which account for about 20% of patient visits can be treated remotely. And of course, there are many other areas that keep me very excited, uh, but they are not related to informatica, gene therapy, therapies, uh, AI-based uh, radiology, uh, fertility topics. Uh, I wish I could explore those, but uh, I already have a pretty big and fascinating challenge and journey,
0: so I'll stick with that. That was the Tech for Good podcast. Listen, subscribe and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Stitcher.